0: Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a, oh yeah. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to episode 57 of the Enterprise Now Show. Podcast where we inspire, motivate, and educate business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Arsha Jones of Capital City Company. Arsha talks about how she was featured in the Washington Post and how that led to more than 1,400 orders. Overnight, We chat about how she started in her kitchen, filling one order at a time and has now grown her operation to a projected one million dollars in sales. Arsha talks about dreamers, builders and sustainers and why it's important to know which one you are. All right, let's dig in. All right, Arsha. Can I get it? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so, Arsha, whenever I have a guest on, I like to, to ask the question, tell me about yourself. But there's a caveat to that. I want to know um, about you, but feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born. Tell us about yourself.
1: <laughs> well, I don't remember back that far, but I'll go back as far as I can remember, which is maybe about five or six um, when I realized I had an affinity, uh, for art drawing and everything crafty, anything I can make, create with color and make things pretty. That's kind of what I was drawn to, um, which was helpful to me because it gave my parents something to push me into, into, so very young, I was pushed into art and music and, um, kind of activities like that, which, you know. For our generation, um, or at least my parents' generation, that wasn't something that you kind of pushed your children into, you know, because back then there were still this idea of the starving artist. <laughs> so it was always more practical to get. Push your kids into being a lawyer, engineer, doctor, you know, some type of desk job or something. And so my parents, um, kind of went against the grain and pushed me into doing something that was more creative. Um, and I'm saying all this because this is kind of, uh, the, the, the path that I've taken that has gotten me this far because I ended up going to an art, an arts high school in Maryland, that arts high school got me into an arts college. And even though I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go and how I wanted to make money and like support myself uh, doing art, I just knew that I loved it. You know, I just knew that I loved it. Um, and so I got kind of lucky when I was in college because that was when the uh, dot com uh, boom happened. I don't know if you know about that, but when like all of these dot coms started popping up, uh, web design companies and websites, and I kind of, um, fell into that because it was just easy money and a quick way for me to make money, um, and use my skills for Photoshop and, and, and designing, um, to like create a living for myself. <laughs> so by the time I got out of college, I had like five, uh job offers. I could pretty much write my own ticket anywhere. And that's what I did. I did web design for many years. Um until like I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and so how I got it started in business was that I would design websites for other small businesses in my area, friends and people that I would know. And I just, I just, I saw things that they were doing and I was like, wow, like, you know, giving them suggestions on what they should do and how they should market and what they, and they would never take my advice. And so... I said, you know what? Why are you keep waiting for someone to save you and give you this great opportunity uh, to take your career to the next level? Won't you create something that can give yourself your own opportunity? And so that's what I did. I started blogging first, which got me um, familiar with how to navigate online, internet marketing. Um, selling things online, affiliate marketing, uh, and all kinds of SEO and things like that. And then from there, I decided to um, launch Capital City. I I decided to launch Capital City and I kind of took everything that I learned from blogging and pushed it into this, you know, the newest business, uh, Capital City. And which, you know, ended up being like the best thing ever, you know, (laughs) because because of all this hard work and this knowledge I obtained from my years of web design, internet marketing, blogging, it helped me kind of propel my site in a position where ours was the first. Uh, you know, it it would rank really high in the rankings on search engines, people would find it. I get features just by because people would Google and my site would pop up. And that's kind of how it all started. Just because it started right out of our right out of our home, right out of our kitchen, with me doing the web design, marketing, sales online, and my husband kind of doing more of the background um type of stuff logistics making sure product was going out you know so gotcha
0: gotcha that is an absolutely amazing story but i'm gonna backtrack (laughs) a little bit because i want to get to know you a little bit better so what's um what's your favorite thing to do
1: um well you know Well, it's going to sound kind of crazy. I'm married, right? Yeah. And I have, so I have a husband and then I have four boys. So I have a house with four, I'm sorry, five boys, Mm -hmm. five males. Yeah. (laughs) And so my favorite thing to do is just to be home alone, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to lay around, watch, watch the shows that I want to watch eat the food that i want to eat Mm -hmm. and no one asking me for anything (laughs) gotcha so that's so it's more of a for me it's more of a peace of mind i enjoy having being at home with peace that is probably my favorite thing to do and then like when i'm there then i watch tv i like ice cream i like laying around i like sleeping but that's probably like what i find is the my most favorite thing to do so when my husband says what do you want for mother's day it's please take the kids out and let and just leave me alone
0: (laughs) what's funny is is i can completely identify with that i'm totally (laughs) in the same same boat uh so speaking i heard you say a lot of different things that you you can do in your background and all that good stuff what's your superpower?
1: Uh, My superpower is I thrive in like chaos, you know, like I, I, I work really, I work, I work just fine in order, but, but I do well when things are not in order. So when things are coming at me a hundred miles an hour, I just, I think really quickly on my feet and I'm able to, and I'm able to think clear and make decisions quickly and move on you know and i don't so that's and that's always been a superpower for me because it allows me to pivot my businesses in a way where other people it's hard for them to keep up with me because i'm already moved on to the next thing i've made a decision i've moved on and i'm done with it <laughs> you know what i mean and so that's one of the things that i know that i do very well
0: now i heard you mention pivot in there we talk about that all the time on the show how it's important to recognize trends um we i I talked about last week how you have to to understand your strengths your weaknesses and where you're strong and leverage that those things in your your pivoting but the most important part i think is knowing when to pivot so speak a little bit to that of how do you recognize okay it's time to pivot it's time to change direction um well a lot of
1: times i just it's a lot of times I just, I keep myself aware of current trends. And as much as, um, I know sometimes business owners want to, um, hide, uh, <laughs> from the power of the internet and Facebook and Twitter, I, I go there, um, with a goal in mind is to keep up with what's going on, you know? So because everyone knows what's people, follow trends very quickly and you pick up on things very fast if you're always keeping yourself around the doers it's kind of like that saying where where they say if you want to like when you start getting older you know your parents and they say if you want to stay young you got to kind of keep young people around you Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um it's the same thing about um pivoting your business if you want to stay on top of what's hot and what's new and what's relevant and to stay um you know, to keep sales going and to keep new, younger blood um, being interested in your products, you have to be a person who's interested in keeping up with those trends, especially as a small business owner. Like, I can't, I don't have enough money to hire someone to sit on Twitter to figure out what's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, I have, so I have to be diligent in staying online and and making sure I'm listening to the voices um, of people that are kind of thought leaders and are doing new things in new spaces and always looking for what's the next, next best thing.
0: Now, given that, um, I know that you face challenges in your business. How do you, how do you overcome challenges? What's your, what's your mindset? How do you approach that?
1: Typically I approach challenges in, I try to approach challenges the same way I approach my life, which is like, there's like this bigger, um, Like, there's one, like, main issue, and then I will try to break things down into kind of sizable bites that I can, um, kind of digest (laughs) and, and wrap my head around. Um, so, you know, if there's, like, one huge main issue, I'll take a chunk to say, okay, what do I need to do first? Okay. And if I get this out the way, then what can I do second? So, um, I, so I know that I'm taking logical steps to, um, Kind of find a resolution for larger issues by breaking them up into uh, portions that I can dissect, analyze, and fix individually. And that helps me, you know, especially when, you know, some of these issues come at you when they seem so, they seem larger than life. And (laughs) they seem larger than life. And sometimes it's kind of hard to wrap your head around fixing it. But I find that when I break the problems down into sizable chunks, I'm able to find solutions quicker.
0: Gotcha. Now I have a tough question for you. Sure. Give us a specific example of one of those challenges and how you overcame it.
1: For instance, I remember when we were starting out and we were, we were there, there is with food businesses, it's very it, it can be very difficult. With why is who which is why a lot of people kind of have a hard time doing food businesses because there are a lot of different humps you have to get over to make your business profitable and and um consistently uh successful. And one of the things is jumping from uh making your product yourself to moving on to a like a larger scale manufacturer and that was one of the things that was a huge hump for us cuz we was this one specific company I remember that we wanted to work with and we wanted our product on their retail stores and our products did really well but they would not work with us until we had <laughs> a manufacturer in place <laughs> and so that was one of and so you think wow okay get a manufacturer in place but there are so many different small pieces of things and details and steps you need to take to actually make that happen you have to get your product tested by the fda you need nutrition labels you need processes you need you know you need uh, research and development on your product you need um ingredients you need you just need all these different things you need insurance you need bottles you need labels you know and Mm -hmm. you need money (laughs) (laughs) so um So that was one of the huge hurdles that we initially got over. And it took us almost a year to kind of figure out how to kind of get all this done. Because one of the things we've been able to do was kind of we've gotten really we were we've gotten really far without having um, any type of direction or mentorship or anyone we could call and say, hey, how do you do this? You know, and so um, that was a huge hurdle for us. But we took everything step by step. We went. I Googled as much as I could. We went and interviewed um, different manufacturers and went to different locations and visited different people and got all the steps together and everything wasn't perfect. But by the end of that year, we had gotten our product manufactured and was able to get on this in this um, specific chain of stores that is in our area.
0: Gotcha. So what I heard in your answer was um, you hit on a lot without specifically saying, I think, um, about mindset and how you um, you approach a, a problem, no matter what it is. And I think it's a, it's a it's a thing that entrepreneurs have. I think they we look at things and we say, OK, this is an elephant. Yeah, I tease my daughter all the time. I say, how do you eat an elephant, right? You eat it one bite at a time. Uh, and that's totally, you know, consistent. No matter who I ask that question to, it's you take it a bite at a time and then you do what you can with what you have in order to take those baby steps to get things done. So the other thing that I heard you say is uh, you did, a, you guys did this a lot on your own. So talk a little bit about what that process might've looked like had you had um, a coach or a guy to kind of help you and guide you through that process and what things would you have wanted guidance on
1: we have a coach now okay so and it's just listening to all of the things that she's telling us about the market and how does how hard it is to sell food products Honestly, I'm not sure if I would have kept going if I had a coach. And that's going to be honest with you. I think if I would have paid for a coach early on and they would have told me all of the uphill battles that I was going to have to face, I can't actually say that I would have chosen to keep going. <laughs> um, and one of the major because there's just so many moving parts when it comes to food um, and, you know, and consumables you know, that um, that you just don't take into consideration. And one of the main things that we did not take into consideration was pricing. Okay. And that has been, was, had been, still is (laughs) a huge issue for us because see, we don't have the um the facilities like a Heinz ketchup or a Sweet Baby Raise where we can sell barbecue sauce for $3 a bottle you know what i mean we have um higher margins and a higher cost because we don't um buy the product we we we're we're, we're sourcing it through someone else you know who manufactures the product for us so pricing has been probably the most um The biggest issue that if we would have had someone help us, we would have been in a better position um, starting out because we just had priced our product too low. We had never considered. um, We didn't price it for having a manufacturer. We didn't price it for having a distributor. We didn't even price it for having it shipped up to us in boxes. You know what I mean? Like it was so many different issues. And 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 small pieces to the puzzle that we had not even considered. We end up having to raise our price several times. <laughs> and we still get complaints about it's too high, you know? Um, but at least we're at a point right now where it's it's too high and um where we're we can actively lower the price um because of the volume that we sell. Uh, so that's kind of our next goal is It started off whereas we our product was priced too low for many years. We raised it up high enough so that we could like be profitable on the store shelf. and now that we have so much volume, we want to get the price lower to make sure that it's affordable for um, everyday you know everyday users.
0: That is a very smart. But let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And when we get back, we want to dig into what it is that you guys do. We'll be back right after this message. One of the most important things to my podcast is mobility, being able to record my interviews and conversations in multiple locations, no matter where I am. And Regis is the world's leader in all inclusive, flexible office space. They allow me to be able to connect and have conversations that leave lasting impressions from mailboxes to full time offices starting under $50 a month. Go ahead and give them a call at 1-800-OFFICES to discover how one of their 3,000-plus locations can support and enhance your business. Go ahead and get started today. Call 1-800-OFFICES. I wanted to learn more about the, the mambo sauce. Am I saying that right? This is mambo. Let's talk about getting into the nitty-gritty of what you guys do. What do you guys do?
1: So our uh, mambo sauce is a wing sauce that's um, based out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, it's been a sauce that's kind of been around in our area since like my grandmother was little. And, and so it was just a, 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 a neighborhood wing sauce. Cause in the Washington DC was, um, you know, predominantly African American, um, residents in the city. And so a lot of the chicken wing restaurants were black owned. You know, each restaurant will have their own house sauce that they use. It's barbecue. They, everybody, um, you know, that restaurant thinks theirs is better than the restaurants down the street. Um, but they all are similar in different ways. And then the community kind of just picks the restaurant that has the, the barbecue sauce that they like. Mumbo sauce is very similar to that. So it was only you could only get it as a condiment at restaurants that sold it. And then each restaurant would then make their own version of that sauce. So it was different all around the city. What happened with us is that we moved. I got married, so we moved out of um, the city where they still have mumbo sauce, but it wasn't as good as what we remember when we were in the city. And so I decided to learn how to make it myself. Okay. And so it started off that I would just um, make it because my kids are kind of like suburban kids now. You know, they are city kids like how I grew up. Okay. And so they have no like real experience about. going to the corner store to get chicken wings or freeze pops and sodas and chips and things um so what i would do is like you know once or twice a month i would i would learn how to make the sauce based on different flavors that i remember from around the city and i would make it for them just one little pot on the stove and we would have like nuggets and mumbo sauce wings and mumbo sauce and um you know and it started from there and then one day a kind of like a bright idea came up and i said wow I wonder if there are other people out here that have moved away from the city and miss this sauce like I do. And but but um but want to get access to it and can't because they know are no longer kind of in the metropolitan area um anymore. And so um, we decided that, like I said, I decided I would put up a website and I would um sell one bottle of mumbo sauce. Well, it was one bottle. One website, one PayPal link, and um, make it accessible to people who were no longer in the area. And then the people who still were in the um, D.C. metropolitan area, you know, they would just get it from wherever they had been getting it from, you know. And so and that's what we that that's how we started out. We sold it online. Uh, We never even considered getting it um, sold on store shelves until people locally started asking, like, wow, you know, you're the only one who's selling this sauce that we love. Um, Is there any way we can get this locally um, in stores? Um, And so we just kind of went ahead from there, figuring it out.
0: Did you have to license the ability to make it or did you create the sauce yourself?
1: Um, So, yes, initially, uh, where it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, I'm gonna try to answer the question in in food terms. So we didn't license it. So what happens is that we started making it at home ourselves because it was my recipe, which is essentially my version of this product that has been floating around in the area. Um, And then what we do is we have a partnership with a manufacturer that makes our product for us, but they, they can only make the product, our product for us. So they, you know, so that is kind of a licensing thing, but they can only make it for us.
0: Gotcha. Now, um, I was reading in the, um, the, your background here about when you were, um, contacted by the Washington Post. Um, tell, tell a little bit about that story and that, cause it's, that's kind of exciting, right? We have to, we have to talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So like I said, I'm a web designer, and I had experience in internet marketing SEO. And I saw that no one else was selling mumbo sauce online. So I decided to kind of use my, you know, my wizard, my SEO wizardry, you know, and <laughs> and um, get our site to move up in the search rankings. So that when you typed in um, mumbo sauce, my site would come up like on the front page, it was like number four or five or something. And so what happened was the Washington Post was doing a story on local kind of sub food subcultures and they were looking to do a story on mumbo sauce because see mumbo sauce is like a, it's a subculture here, but it's a huge here. You know, it's a huge subculture here. And so. She, we were the only people that she could find that was selling it in a bottle. Okay. And so, of course, the Washington Post is a nationally known, recognized, internationally even, um, newspaper that people get all around the world. But to Washingtonians, it's just our local paper. You know what I mean? And so, so when she said that she was going to write a story on mumbo sauce, we were like, Oh, we'll be in the local news, the local news section. You know, I went and bought like extra 40 bottles or something of mumbo sauce. And I said, well, you know, I'll just make them all up. And when the sales come in, I'll just take care of them. Not a big deal, okay? What I didn't know is that she put, the, The reporter, the writer, she put the article on the front page of the Sunday edition of the Washington Post. Okay. Now, this Sunday Post has a readership of over like a million some odd people. Okay. All around the world. And literally overnight, we had thousands of dollars of sales that came from this one article. Okay. So it was crazy because we did not have a plan, we didn't have a process. We didn't even have like supplies or like equipment. You know, I, when, when, when people don't understand that I started off like in the kitchen, I, I want to be clear here when I say I started off in the kitchen. I started off with one pot. And I could make one bottle of mumbo sauce. And when someone would order online, I would make exactly one. bottle. I had the I had the recipe to make exactly one bottle of sauce. OK, many times <laughs> I would make the bottle of mumbo sauce. And by the time it got to the customer, it was still warm. Wow. You understand what I mean? Because it was <laughs> because I was making one bottle at a time. So us for us to go from that to shipping out hundreds of orders like it it took us over a month like day and night working and we did not stop until that last bottle was sent out okay and it's been a kind of an up and down roller coaster of sales since then you know so
0: wow talk about one bite at a time <laughs> literally one bottle at a time <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yes its it was it was crazy because you know someone someone would order online. And I go up and I would get up <laughs> and I would get my little pot and my recipe. And I make like I said, I make exactly one bottle, you know, nothing more, nothing less. It was no extra or nothing. That was it. <laughs> it's wow, crazy.
0: Wow. So you go from that to now having employees?
1: Uh, Yeah, we have um one. So it's me and my husband. And of course, we both work for the company. Then we have one additional full time employee. Then I have about two 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 or three like um like virtual part-time employees and what they do is they handle mostly of the online stuff including you know social media and customer service and things like that so
0: so so going from just yourself to having employees that's got to be that's got to be a lot of pressure how do you how do you deal with that
1: uh, well so For me, um, for me, it's been kind of crazy because actually the first amount of pressure that I felt and overwhelming amount of pressure was the first lease that we signed. Um, and it, we signed, it was like a year lease or so, and it was only about like 600 or $700 a month, but it's just having this constant recurring payment that's due every month can really kind of freak, uh, freak you out, you know? And so that was kind of the first, um, that was my first taste in having to pay something every month that was coming directly from the profits that I made in the business. And then, so it was, it was, and it was a bigger jump when it was an employee, um, because now instead of paying monthly, like a lease, this person wants to get paid every week, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, now you're talking about real human people here that need to be that need to live off of these off of the profits that you're making. Um, so it definitely was uh, um, a, a mindset. But I guess for me, it helped out because when I know that I have to make money, it just drives me to constantly think about the numbers that are coming in, how we're making money, how much we're selling and what I need to do to be able to afford all these people now, especially since I take a salary. My husband takes a salary, you know, the full time employee takes a salary and then we have like two or three um, kind of other floating uh, contractors that are virtual. So it definitely is like it's overwhelming. But once you get the hang of knowing and once you get comfortable in knowing that you make enough to support these people and um it, it frees up your mind for you to be able to focus on growth. So having all these people being paid frees up my thought process for me to be able to be clear and 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 think about kind of what's next. You know, so so that's how I try to, I try to think about it. I don't think about like, wow, this person is costing me X amount of dollars per week. I think wow, this person is freeing me up so that now I don't have to do that job anymore. And now I can focus on how to make more money.
0: I think you, you kind of alluded to this before, but, uh, what drives you?
1: Several things drive me. Okay. When I was starting these biz, this business, uh, uh, you know, after the, well, the blogging kind of started, it was start, I started the blog with like chalk. I, I, I based this, on like my children. Okay. So I started blogging when I was at child number like three. Okay. And then this capital city business I launched when I was having child number four. So my kids and my family and the life that I wanted them to live has always been a huge driving force, always wanting to do more, always wanting to do better and always wanting to make sure that they were taken care of. But then also um, what drives me is uh, you know, Having what's big for me is having a peace of mind. Okay. And so, and so that type of uh, that comes from like financial freedom and knowing that your bills are going to be paid and knowing that things are taken care of and that you have a way to leave a legacy for your family and your family will be good for generations to come. To me, that is peace of mind. So I'm always working to make sure that my family's taken care of now and in the future and having peace, you know, quiet days, sitting on the beach, peace and, de- and, um, and just peace with the, your thoughts and peace in your place in the world. i know it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> all, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but I know it's kind of like off, off in the clouds, but that's really what it is about. I, I just really am a, my, my goal is to find peace and freedom. Yep.
0: One one of the things that I find uh, interesting is uh, how how we're all different, but we're all the same, right? We yeah. all want the same things, right? We yeah. want our family to be be okay. We want to yep. leave a legacy for our children, <laughs> yep. and we want them to be happy, whole, and and healthy. So, yes. uh, so I definitely can uh, identify with yes. that. Um, so, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be, and what would you say to them?
1: One of the biggest things that I. Um, and I envy over other businesses is their ability to um, build a team that is like so down for the team. You know what I mean? They like and I feel like Oprah's people are like that. You know what I mean? I feel like the, the team that Oprah has around her, like they are like stealth, like you are not. They are riding for her to the end. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You all, you. I, I mean, think about, think about what I'm saying here. Oprah has been Oprah for a while, you know what I mean? And but you never hear any of her people coming out saying anything or you, it's rare, you know, and people who, who who have worked for her typically love working there. It's just I want to build a team that is a 100 percent down with what we're trying to build no matter what. So I'm always in awe of people who have been able to do that successfully. And I think Oprah is one of those people.
0: Uh, I believe it was last week. Uh-huh. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It was either the week before or last week. I interviewed myself because I was doing, I'm doing a four, four series um episode, four episode series okay. on enterprise. Now who we are, where we're come you know, where we, where we come from, where we're okay. going, things that we do, all that good stuff. Okay. And I asked myself, that's a similar question. You know, if I okay. can meet anyone in the world, who would it be? And what would I say to them? And you, would not believe that it was oprah ah,
1: what did you say <laughs> what was what, 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 what you what, what about her that draws you to her and what and what would you want to say to her yes
0: so um and my memory is bad so i don't know exactly what i said but right. um it was something along the lines of i would i would want to meet oprah and i would say to her thank you i would say to her thank you for being you
1: yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, because yeah.
0: when when we operate in our maximum awesomeness is what yeah. I call it yeah. you impact lives yeah. and yeah. those yeah. lives impact lives yeah. and those yeah. lives yeah. impact lives yeah. so just yeah. being you uh, yeah. and I tell entrepreneurs this all the time I'm so yeah. excited to meet like minded people because yes. there's there's an awesomeness inside of every entrepreneur that when yes. you unleash that and let that out you affect lives and it, yeah. it just multiplies yeah. right we, yeah. I, I yeah. talk about all the time how you know learning something and growing individually is awesome and but it's an adder right but when you develop and uh, and help other people it's a multiplier yes
1: yes 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 yes
0: yes yes yes.
1: no i agree i i I know that 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 makes perfect sense and i agree with what you said i mean she is just she and for me i mean and my i don't know how old you are but and where when i grew up like oprah was it you know what I mean? Like she was like the pinnacle of success, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, um, she was, um, she was kind of everything. And one thing I've appreciated about her is just exactly what you said is like, no matter what, no matter when, no matter how far back you travel in time, Oprah has always been herself. Okay, Mm -hmm. either you liked it or you didn't like it, but you can't deny that she's been consistent. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) And so so that is one thing that I that's another thing that I really uh, like about her. She's just she's been true to herself regardless of what it was, what it is, what struggle she's had, how she's trying to be a better person. She's always working on being better and having and surrounding herself with better people and i've always admired that about her
0: gotcha now that's actually a really good segue to my next question (laughs) Okay. Um, because i believe that success is a, a series of calculated consistent well thought out planned out steps that you know over time Add up and multiply into uh, the a goal or achieving a goal. Sure. So, if you had to say, give one actionable thing to the enterprisers, is what I call my listeners, okay. that they could use in order to prove their lives or their businesses today, what would that be?
1: I would say one thing that has helped me is trusting my own decisions and trusting the process. Okay. So trusting my own decisions and trusting the process. I surround myself with a lot of different um, people and entrepreneurs and people that have small businesses. And one thing that I see that there's a lack of is trusting your intuition that you're making the right decisions. Okay. And So that's been a benefit for me, for me to, and one thing about me is that I'm not always sure that I have the right decisions, but I, but what I do is I make a decision, the best decision I can make at the time. Okay. And I stick with it and I roll with it until it's not working for me anymore, you know? (laughs) And so sometimes I've seen, or many times I've seen entrepreneurs, they get so stuck in the decision and not wanting to make a bad decision, they make no decision at all. Okay. No decision at all. And so for me, having no decision is not an option. You know, I'd rather make a decision and then mess up and get, and and get a chance to fix it, than not have a decision at all, you know, and that's kind of what has kept me, um, going forward. Um, so that was one. What What was the other thing I said? I said, intuition and oh, and trusting the process. So that's, that's the second thing is like trusting the process. Another thing that I see entrepreneurs doing is, um, kind of, they're looking at someone else's path, you know, and they, like people will look at my path, you know, and they see like, well, all of the successes that we're having now, you know, who are not really understanding the amount of struggle that came before that. <laughs> and and so when they say they want to start their wing business, their sauce business, and they see all these successes that they want to jump to our, they 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 want to jump to our year six in their year one, not understanding that it just wasn't always like this, you know, and you have to be comfortable in knowing that when it's your turn to get your shine on and be in the spotlight, it will be your turn, you know? And if it's not your turn right now, You have to trust the process enough to wait.
0: Wow. We could probably talk for another two hours about all the stuff that was in, in that <laughs> answer. Sure. Um, I heard trusting your decisions, yeah, yeah. right? Trusting the process. Surround yourself yeah. with like minded people. Yeah. Don't suffer from analysis paralysis. Yeah. Um, entrepreneur, one of, one of the things that you said that um, uh, I don't, it was the, the last week I was interviewing uh, a gentleman and one of the things he said stuck, stood out so, so much. Uh, and he said, entrepreneurship is a calling. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? It is it absolutely yeah. is it's not for everybody and yeah. it's definitely yeah. not for the faint of heart um, speak, speak <laughs> to that a little bit how entrepreneurship is a calling
1: yeah it is it's something as people always ask me like how do you get the drive and how do you do this and how do you and it's just i don't i i rarely have an answer because it's just it's something that's inside of me like i can't give you what i already have you know i wake up on Monday feeling excited about the week and all the things I'm going to accomplish, you know, because, because I'm so focused on the goal and what I want to do and that, that nothing, no obstacle that you put in my way is going to keep me from it, you know? And that's something that you, it's, it's something that you either are born with, um, or you have to develop this type of, um, This type of, I call it like blind confidence. Blind you have to develop this sense of blind confidence in yourself, you know And sometimes that comes from you just doing and doing more and being experienced at something enough to be confident And other times you just know it it's intuition for me. It's always been an intuition Like i've always known that I knew when I was in college And I was taking those art classes and I had no clue on what I wanted to do when I got out of school But I knew that a nine to five job was not going to be enough for me. I said, I did not want to live that life, you know, and I knew at that point, you know, that I had to figure out how, how I could make a living and take care of myself and have a family and still travel and live and have peace and do things I want to do and, and, um and still make money, you know? And so, once you put that in your mind, you say, I have to do this. And then you start to trust your intuition and trust the process. Like nothing, th- there's nothing that can keep you from building the business that you want to build. But part of that just comes from being the person who you are. Because I see a lot of people who believe, well, um, that they can do it and it, but it's just, it's not who, what their, their personality is. It's not who, how they're built. I've, I've been um, talking about in my f- circle, we talk about, uh, dreamers, um, builders and sustainers, um, and because as I'm adding to my team, I'm realizing I need more builders and sustainers and I need, need dreamers like I'm the dreamer. Like so it's like I'm the one that has these really lofty, grand ideas and I can often pull pull them t- together enough to build them and see them be be great. But I don't have um the ability to c- sustain it because I lose focus and I, I get bored easily you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, typical, yeah, typical entrepreneur, yeah, exactly, in other words, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, but one thing I've learned is that, that, you know, you have to, you have to be born a dreamer, you know what I mean? You have to, you cannot, you cannot force yourself to, you cannot learn to be a dreamer, Either you're a dreamer, you're a builder or you're a sustainer. And once you realize which one of those categories you fit into, um, your your path in life becomes like much easier because then you won't if you know you're a sustainer, you won't try to be a builder. You know what I mean? And, and, um, because I'm not a sustainer. I can't do it. I can't do the day to day. I can't do the, the details and the monotony and the, I can't do it, you know? And, and so, and these, these, these kind of positions are, g- are kind of given to you at birth on what you're able to do. And I just think that when people are in a position where, um, they're trying to figure out how to be best, Entre- be good entrepreneurs or <laughs> launch a business and get things done i don't think they realize what position that they actually would excel in you know cuz the dreamer is always the person at the top but if you're a bill if you're if you're a sustainer and that is where you thrive like you can't be the dreamer, you know what i mean? <laughs> and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 it's and it's okay. That's it's okay, you know? It's like it's okay to be the sustainer. And um so i think that a lot of people just kind of get caught up into this frenzy of they want to be entrepreneurial because that's like a buzzword now and everybody has a business and everybody's, you know, living that entrepreneur lifestyle with not really understanding how much work effort and uh time and money goes into that um and they don't always understand uh the amount of work that goes into being in that dreamer position you know because like i said the dreamer like so you so like you would be a dreamer you know you wanted to start a podcast so you said okay i'm going to go out i'm going to learn how to do these things and i'm going to make this happen you know Not everyone just has the intuition and the drive to get that done, but they don't realize that, you know what the world works because everybody does it. (laughs) The world works because everybody can't be, uh, you know, a podcaster. Some people just need to be the listeners. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I feel the same way about entrepreneurship. You know, it's just, it's not for everybody. People need to recognize what, uh, Their strengths are whether they're a dreamer, builder or sustainer and then do the best at their specific strength instead of trying to play a position that wasn't made for them.
0: Wow, we could probably <laughs> drop the mic at that at that moment. But Arsh, I'm I'm so excited at the same time, but I'm sad because it's time for us to uh to say goodbye. But um a couple of things before we go. Um one last pit bit of advice for any um anyone who's listening who um who knows that they're a dreamer. Yes. Yes, right. They know yes. they're not a builder or a sustainer. Any advice you might have for them, and um shoot us your contact information, how we can get a hold to you.
1: Sure, sure, sure. So, first, the first bit of in, um information or or the or the first thing I say is um <laughs> which is probably like goes against everything like people will tell you. Um and well, it's one thing that has helped me is that I uh <laughs> I spend hours reading and researching things online. Okay. I do not jump out and buy a bunch of courses, a bunch of classes, not really understanding exactly what I need and what I'm looking for. Everything that you can need to build a a profitable business is online free okay and if you really have the drive to get it done and to start helping for and to start something that's sustainable for yourself put as much energy as you can to learning as whatever you can online free right now that's something you can start today tonight this evening after this podcast is over start learning now no more excuses. Learn what you can. Having no money is not an excuse. If you have a smartphone, if you have the ability to dr- download this podcast, that means you have some sort of internet connection <laughs> and and a smartphone. That means you have the power in your hand right now to start something for yourself. Now, um, and that's how I've lived my life. I've I've never started a business. Um, that costs more than a hundred to $200 to start. I've never started. Yeah. I've I've started, I started with, I'm one of those lean profit, uh, these lean business people. Like I don't want to put a whole bunch of money in to, to anything. I I like to start very small in a place with amount of money that I have in my bank account, in my wallet right now, you know, and nothing more. And if you can get something going with nothing, then you can start to dream and say, wow, if I had an extra thousand dollars, how much more could I do? But don't jump out there and say, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars when you haven't really put the work in, because no matter how many courses you take, no matter how many workshops, you, you <laughs> no matter how many webinars you sign up for, no matter how many conferences you go to, they will never replace the actual work that needs to, that needs to happen for you to make your business successful.
0: Wow. That is awesome advice. Uh, what Arsha is saying is enterprise. Now don't wait
1: enterprise now. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Now, um, now if you want to find me, I'm at, uh, my blog is at brand bill launch. And that is where I, uh, Kind of speak to entrepreneurs and I always have get tons of questions about how to build an online business and especially with e-commerce and, um, you know, shippable, tangible items that you have to sell and send on, you know, through the mail. And so that's kind of where you can find me. I have a, a Facebook group called Brand Build Launch. and we talk about building brands, it's about t- more than 20,000 people in there, we all talk about, um, how to grow our brands and how to make money online. And I do that kind of on the side of me actually running my business. So, (laughs) but that's where you can find me.
0: (laughs) So Arsha, thank you again for being on the show. Um, I appreciate it. And I have, let's see, one, two, three pages of notes over here. So I know, Okay, I know my listeners are going to get a ton of value out of you being you. So enterprisers, thank you again for listening. And we will talk with you next week.